Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from the lands of the Gadigal people. This is ABC News Daily. With the war in Ukraine now in its ninth month, the number of prisoners of war on both sides of the conflict is growing. This week, the ABC was granted rare access inside a POW prison in Ukraine. There, badly injured and disillusioned Russian soldiers spoke of how they were sent to battle, in some cases with no training or sense of what they would face on the front line. Today, my colleague Greg Jennett on his interviews with them and what he saw inside the prison. Greg, you were given extraordinary access to a prisoner of war camp in Ukraine. Tell me, how did that come about? There is a purpose to all of this, Mm. and you are right, Sam, Uh, it was extraordinary access. Mm. Stated very clearly by Ukrainian authorities is that they wanted foreign media, and a very small number of them, because it's cumbersome to lead a tour of this facility. Mm. They wanted foreign media to see that, in their view, they are more than fully complying with the Geneva Convention, that they meet food, uh, medical and other standards expected. But moreover, Sam, what they want to do most of all is draw a contrast or have it drawn by us about what we understand to be the conditions for Ukrainian POWs held on the other side of the border or in Russian annexed territory. Uh, They feel that they are not up to standards. Mm. The International Committee of the Red Cross says it has not been granted access to the bombed out site of a prison camp where dozens of Ukrainian prisoners of war were killed in a missile strike. So I want you to just take me to this camp This was, before the war broke out, a regular criminal prison, but those detainees were moved out once war began. Mm. Thick masonry walls, barbed wire, laces, the top of those walls. Mm. Then you step inside and emblazoned on a wall to your left, religiously oriented rules and charter standards that they try to uphold. Mm. Sam, prisoners are made to walk through a narrow alleyway on which are 15 or 16 Slovak leaders through centuries past. Prisoners must walk past this as they enter the prison. Mm. The reason being, Ukrainian authorities want these Russians to understand that you know, there is no picture of Vladimir Putin uh, on that wall mm. that Ukraine's history stretches back long before the current Russian state, long before the Soviet Union, as we used to know that as well. And to say that in their own history, culture and traditions, this is a legitimate country of territorial sovereignty in its own right. Mm. 
We weren't told the precise number that were held on the day of our actual visit, but from what we could see, we estimate that it was between 150 and 200 men. Mm, Take me to the prison infirmary because you met some people there. They're young men, aren't they? Very young men. 21 kept coming up, 21 years of age. Mm. We discover the huge physical and mental toll that war takes on the wounded and none more so than 21-year-old Nikita from Siberia. He was sent to the Kharkiv region and he thought he was doing humanitarian work. By his own description, this means uh, resupplying food and other logistics to Russian forces rather than to civilians when they came under unexpected attack. Mm. At some point in combat against Ukrainian forces, Nikita has jumped into a trench and he lands there on a mine laid by his fellow soldiers in an instant. Both of his legs were blasted off. All that remains for Nikita now are stumps, one above the knee and one slightly below. We dream of war at night, all the time. What was he like, Greg, when you were talking to him? He's lost both his legs. He's 21 years old. He longs for a physical life Mm. along the lines of what he used to have. He has spoken to his mother because prisoners are allowed Mm. up to 15 minutes on the phone back to loved ones in Russia each week. He talks as almost to inspire himself, Sam, about life beyond this war. Yeah, incredible. And it seems like he didn't really know what he was going into. And you meet other people like him as well, so many other people in that prison, of course. His roommate in the infirmary, Vitaly, I mean, tell me about him. Yes, so Vitaly was a university student. In theory, Sam, they are meant to be exempt from mobilisation. In reality, what happens is he is given almost no training. He says no training whatsoever. He's mobilised into this conscript force he's drafted and he finds himself on the front line three days later. All mobilised troops have the same story. We weren't trained, just sent. Nobody was trained. His unit is overrun by Ukrainians. He's shot and a grenade blows up, uh, exploding and shattering all the bone down his right leg. He feels, these are his own words, Sam, that he was, quote, an idiot sent to slaughter. Mm, So you mentioned, Greg, that... You know, you've been allowed to go into this prison because the Ukrainians want to show the Western press and and Western nations, I suppose, that they're treating Russian prisoners in a humane way. Is that what you saw? Are they being treated well and humanely? 
Yeah, so some ethical constraints here for mm. our endeavours, Sam, to be independent observers. I don't uh, suggest for a minute that we have a full or complete understanding of the psychological pressures. So we tried to penetrate that. We tried to test that. Uh, we tried to gain some understanding of it. Mm. But against that, I will say when invited, no Russian soldier or men said to us, Sam, that they had any particular complaint about the conditions here. And one, only one, expressed some comparative relief uh, about the standards of care here as compared to being on the front line, living in trenches and surviving on Russian food rations. Mm, what a choice. All right. So you mentioned there's around, you think, 150 Russian POWs in that prison. So what's going to happen to them, Greg? There are only two ways out of these facilities, Sam. One is the cessation of this war, and that will almost literally open the gates mm -hmm. for free passage home for all who remain. But in the meantime, what you have is a growing Ukrainian campaign for prisoner exchanges mm -hmm. matched almost reciprocally by the Russians. They negotiate. It's not always one for one. You might have five high-value Russian POWs held on the Ukrainian side exchanged for 10 Ukrainians held on the other. Uh, the currency is not always equally matched. Mm, you spoke to Petro Yasenko. He's coordinating this prisoner exchange from the prison that you visited. He kind of described to you the pecking order, didn't he, of who gets chosen? Yes, so Petro tells us, Sam, that the highest value prisoner that the Russians want to repatriate are those who are well-connected, those with money, mm. uh, pilots. And Petro Yasenko is more than aware of where this pecking order leaves mobilised forces, that is to say, those without connections. Mm. So the Ukrainians, I'm not sure how to characterise this, whether it is an act of mercy and compassion or expediency, cannot be quite certain. But Petro tells us that they're working on a specific program aimed at these powerless soldiers so that they might be freed from captivity to set up home within the borders of Ukraine. Unthinkable that, that might be because they are quite obviously the enemy at the moment. Mm. Or negotiations are underway with neighbouring Eastern European countries who might give them safe haven there. And finally, if they choose and if they're accepted, to also have the option of being repatriated back to Russia itself. Mm. You've been there on the ground in Ukraine. You've witnessed the brutality of this war. You've seen POWs with their legs blown off. What is in front of these young men, not just Russian men, but Ukrainian men? What, in your view, does their future look like? The human toll we can barely begin to comprehend. We see the, the wounded, we see the maimed, there will also be untold damage done psychologically. 
it's confronting, it reminds us all, I think, of the frailty of the human condition, Sam, and this long effect that will cast a pall over the remainder of their lives. And this applies to the Russians we saw, but equally to the Ukrainians we've been unable to see across the line. Greg Jennett is an ABC journalist who's been reporting from Ukraine. In one of the largest prisoner swaps so far, in late October, Moscow and Kyiv exchanged a total of 218 detainees, including 108 Ukrainian women. The Ukrainian president, Volodymyr Zelensky, has urged his troops to take more prisoners, saying it would make it easier to secure the release of soldiers being held in Russia. This episode was produced by Flint Duxfield and Chris Dengate, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer this week is Sydney Pede. Over the weekend, catch this week with David Lipson. He'll be looking at Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again on Monday. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.